0: You're listening to the Beyond the Cuckoo's Nest, podcast presented by Red Flag Canberra. Mental health action, and this is my Brave Australia, dedicated to breaking stigma one story at a time.
1: Hello, I'm Jane Grace from Red Flag Canberra.
0: And I'm Tim Daly from This Is My Brave Australia. You're listening to...
1: Beyond the Cuckoo's Nest.
0: I'd like to introduce our first guest, Zebanusa Khan, um, a local psychologist. Uh, Welcome, Zeb. G'day, Tim. Um, So our first question is, um, what started you down the path of a career in psychology?
1: Uh, Yeah, that seems like... A little while ago now. Uh, I've been in the field for almost 20 years. I um, started my own practice about eight years ago. Uh, in terms of how I came about, um, like most people, when I came out of high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, back then, IT was uh, the go to, and that's that's what I started with. And a couple of months into it, I realized I I can't be with computers I need to be with people. Uh, that's where my interest is and and that's where my values were. Um and then I walked into literally walked into a psychology lecture and have not looked back since.
0: So you now run your own practice lifestyle psychology in Canberra?
1: Yeah, that's correct. We're based in Gungarla and um I've been the principal psychologist there for eight years now.
0: Um, So how many clients would you say you deal with over a week?
1: Uh, It it varies. Uh, It's different now in today's circumstances, Um, but uh, normally probably about 30 to 40, just different circumstances, different weeks. uh, A working day can look different week to week, but usually I work uh, Monday straight through to Saturday. Uh, Most of that is face-to-face with seeing clients, but there's a lot of admin work and report writing and whatnot involved as well, Um, and that's also included in that time.
0: Speaking of the current environment, um, are you still seeing clients now, putting the seeing in in quotes? (laughs)
1: Yeah, look, um, I am, I had to make the difficult decision last week to, um, start practicing, uh, virtually. So we're having video sessions at this stage simply because, uh, from an organizational point of view, it was getting really hard. Some clients had valid reasons not to be able to come in. Um, others were, you know, just a little bit nervous about stepping out um and to sort of avoid cancellations and the whole <clears throat> I guess having you know two clients in person and then the the rest over the phone and whatnot and then at the same time Tim I've got uh, I've got three young children and uh, as you know school's closed so I just had to put everything um, into perspective and make some decisions and since last week everything uh, all the sessions have been via, um, uh, via online, so I've been uh, talking to clients via video conferencing, and it's hard to say whether that's going to um, be the norm. Uh, I definitely hope that's not there for for too long because I really miss, um, you know, that face-to-face contact and in-person in the same room. <clears> the <throat> The the body language that you pick up, um, you know, there is a bit of a delayed reaction on the video and it's not the same. However, at the same time, uh, I believe, you know, in the current climate of things, if someone can get some form of help uh, and the other side is to get none at all, then I, I think it's definitely better than nothing at this stage.
0: How are your existing clients finding living in this new environment of um, uncertainty and change with the COVID-19? I imagine that they, um, they already live with some of that um, uncertainty about their lives. How, are they, how do you think they're dealing with it in the new environment?
1: Yeah, look, um, <laughs> clients and I have basically established that 2020 is a, a roller coaster, and that's what we're going to call it so um, it's been very unpredictable I mean you know this is not just COVID-19 but pretty much since um, the bushfires started uh, back towards uh, the end of December um, there was that and then there was the smoke and the inability to go out and there was um, you know a a hailstorm and there's just been one thing after the other and Clients that are dealing with their own issues, in amongst the environmental issues that have been carrying around them, a lot of them are struggling, and that's because you know there's only there's only so much uh, a person can can take. So much uncontrollable uh, variables that are happening around us, it, it becomes very difficult for a person to navigate. And not just people with mental health issues, but even people who don't generally have any mental health concerns, a lot of them right now are, are struggling. I, I've had you know conversations with people over the last week who are quite surprised that they're not coping. They're they're saying things like, you know, look, I'm I'm generally a pretty positive person. I'm, I've been through a lot worse, and I just don't, I can't get my head around this, and I'm struggling, and I'm finding myself highly anxious, and. Uh, and my behaviours are changing, and my relationships around me are changing. Like, you know, this has a ripple effect. It's not just your thoughts that are possibly getting in the way of the quality of your sleep at night, but this has a ripple effect onto the choices you make, the behaviours that you choose, um, the the decisions of, you know, do I go and see this person? Do do I cut? communication or how do I communicate it a lot of people are actually really struggling with this not knowing how to go about it.
0: So what do you think is contributing to those stresses in their life at the moment?
1: Apart from (laughs) COVID-19?
0: Well I suppose the the outcome of COVID-19 causing social isolation amongst people who um, are already struggling with their mental health issues, um, it, things like social media, do you think that's contributing a bit to their, to their issues?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think social media, um, look, there's definitely good aspects of, of social media. Um, media in general, at, at the moment, I feel as though are just overloading us with information. Um, and throughout the week we've had conversations and I've said to clients, you know, and I've literally asked the client, okay, how many times are you finding yourself watching the news or reading the news? And a lot of them have said, oh, maybe five, ten times a day. Uh, and that's excessive. That, that really is excessive. So exposing yourself to, you know, a constant stream of negative information, that takes a huge psychological toll. Um, And I've told them to avoid reading social media posts that warn them because it's this, you know, doomsday-type discussion which gets people's anxiety spiked. And limiting that exposure is going to be really, really beneficial. Um, To some of them that I gave that advice to last week, already this week they've said, yep, actually, I've actually noticed myself where for an hour I actually forgot that COVID-19 was actually happening because they were, you know, more conscious of what they were doing. It's almost as though they were distracted and they felt more in control of their thoughts and made better choices as a result of that. So definitely um, limiting, you know, our exposure to to the media. And look, in in saying that, you know, that's not suggesting that we – put our head in the sand and pretend it's not happening definitely not because it is really important to be conscious of of what is happening um but i feel and i do this myself as well i will you know watch the news once a day or listen to the news once a day and and generally that's that's enough but that's enough until the next 24 hours um and i feel like that's sufficient information to keep you up to date um and you know not listening to the same uh, headlines flashed again and again, not keeping a, you know, a, a tally count of the, the numbers and the, the mortalities in each city in each country. I, I just don't see how that's beneficial for, for us and, and for our mental health.
0: Um, how do you think that your older clients are managing? Um, we've worked ourselves into this reliance on technology to keep connected, but I imagine yeah. there's a lot of older um, people out there who are just not up with the latest technology and struggle with it. How are they dealing with all this?
1: Yeah, look, it's, um, it's a good point you bring up there. Just, uh, just yesterday I was talking to uh, uh, an, an older client and I was talking to her over her home phone and I was trying to explain to her how to use uh, video conferencing on her mobile um, and, you know, just to sort of so I could actually see her because she said, you know, but I can't see you and it's not the same today. And I was just trying to work my my best to be able to show her. Um, some of the older clients have, have, have really struggled with not being able to, you know, um, be, uh, I guess, tech savvy. As, as others may be. And, and that's, you know, definitely putting some limitations on them. But at the same time, I had another client who, who very innocently asked, you know, how, how long is this going to continue for? And she said, oh, I hope it doesn't completely change people. And I asked her what she meant by that. And she said, you know, she was really enjoying the fact that so many of her grandchildren and her children and just friends were reaching out to see how she was doing and I thought that was really beautiful, because you know if any goods come of this, it's actually made people more aware of who they care about and And all of a sudden you know that saying about you don't know what you've got till it's gone, and now we can't just pop into a friend's house and you know shake their hand or give them a hug um that's That's not okay for now. But the importance of that, the value in that, is perhaps only just starting to hit home for a lot of us.
0: It's a little bit like the less important but essential things in our life have been taken away. But we get to focus on the the more important things like family and friends and talking to people, um, which comes to the fore in this sort of situation.
1: That, that's very true. And I and I've had a, a few clients who have you know, obviously because they are working from home, they're saying, you know, I get to see, I get to have dinner with my family. Normally I'm at work too late and I don't get to do that and and now that's becoming a you know, a, a new norm. And he was saying how he's actually really enjoying that and he had missed that and you know, he was interacting with his his teenage kids and he he said it's taken a a, a pandemic for me to realize that I was actually quite disconnected from my own children and and that's you know you these are the sort of conversations that I've been having in the last week or so and it's been it's been really interesting but it's always it's also been you know quite uh, quite eye-opening because it. I'm really passionate about mental health and I'm really passionate about people, you know, looking after themselves and, and their relationships and people around them. And when you look after yourself and you treat yourself better, those relationships also, bloom. They, they get better. And, and when people start to see that happening, it, it's actually really lovely.
0: You're listening to the Beyond the Cuckoo's Nest, podcast presented by Red Flag Canberra. Mental health action, and this is my so Brave Australia. what's your advice to those people out there who are, not just the people living with living experience of mental health issues, but everybody who could be affected by mental health issues, what's your advice for them as a psychologist working at the coalface for caring for their mental health during this period?
1: Um, one thing I've uh, – I guess a principle that I've used a lot even before COVID-19 is that you – you know, when we try to control something that's beyond our control, that's where we start to struggle um, and, and possibly lose um, a sense of self-control. But then – when we're no no longer able to change a situation, we're actually challenged to change ourselves. And when clients are sort of facing that situation, they, they start to sort of look within and think, okay, well, what can I do? What can I control? And that usually brings a conversation around to, okay, well, what's actually happening right now in the present moment? What is happening right now? And that, sort of, you know, gives you some perspective. It reminds you that, okay, this is temporary. Yes, I'm, you know, away from people and I can't do the things that I normally do, but this is temporary. Um, yes, it might be, you know, weeks or months, but at the same time, you can tell yourself that, you know, it's not going to be forever, and, and that is hopeful. Um, and, and at the same time, in, in doing so, you're you're more connected to your senses, and the more connected to your senses, I mean, your senses are, are, I guess, the main link between what is happening right now with you today in this very moment. Um, and that keeps you grounded. And what that does is it doesn't let your thoughts, because these thoughts can be based in the future, and thoughts can also be Based in in the past. But those thoughts can bring with them some difficult emotions. So sadness, fear, the unknown. And those emotions then can have a really big impact on how our, our brain is functioning. So, you know, for example, if you know that you're when you're emotional, you know, you sometimes you say something and, and later on when it's almost as though the, the rational brain comes back online, you you say, oh, no, I actually didn't mean that. I was angry at the time. So being present, I'm, I'm telling my clients, you know, what can you do to make yourself be present? Um, and it, it might mean, you know, having uh, a set time During the day, if they are working from home or even if they're not working from home, if they are just at home, having, you know, a bit of a routine, a bit of a structure to their day, that gives them a feeling of of control. Okay, I'm doing this or I'm going here or, um, you know, I I need to go to the shops for a bit and I need to call this person and that. But just having some sort of a skeleton structure to the day gives you the, the feeling of control. And that has... The ability to reduce your stress levels. Um, so that perspective, uh, too, we sort of touched on in terms of media, just limiting your exposure mm-hmm. to that, um, and and looking at what's necessary to to know, and you know how many times you need to hear it. Um, thirdly, and this is a big one that you know everyone's been uh, encouraging quite a lot. Um, getting some sort of physical activity, getting some sort of exercise. Exercise is a really powerful tool, uh, especially in terms of, you know, uh, depression and and fighting against that. Um, And, you know, most importantly, it promotes all kinds of changes in the brain, uh, including neural growth, reduced, you know, inflammation. Um, There's new activity patterns that promote feelings of calm and well-being. It also releases endorphins you know powerful chemicals in the brain that energize your spirits and they actually make you feel good and i've actually i can't remember a time where i used to notice so many people walking their dogs outside dogs must be so happy right now
0: (laughs) all the animals are very happy at the moment
1: (laughs) yeah they are they get in their walks and you know people are, are you know trying to those that can are trying to get about and if you can't Leave home and, and you can't go for a walk, you know. Do something at home which just can get that blood flow going. Just some sort of light exercise, even. Um, it I, I find that really helpful. Like uh, yesterday, uh, the the kids and I we we did a a bit of a, a table of okay, in one minute each of us are going to see how many sit ups we can do, push ups we can do, star jumps we can do. Um, and uh, knee jumps. And it was just, you know, a really small, easy activity that we could do, but everyone got a little bit of exercise. And I feel like at this time um, we we need to look after ourselves, not only our physical health, but our our mental health. And physical activity and mental health go go hand in hand.
0: I saw Um, a man online, a video, who took it to the extreme, and he ran a marathon in his house.
1: Oh wow! Okay.
0: <laughs> and it took him like seven or eight hours to do. He ran. He lived in a unit, so he could only run around the bedroom, the lounge room, kitchen, and his small little balcony. But he right. ran a marathon. He's an ultra marathoner, so he just needed to keep the training up. So, I mean, that's yeah. extreme on it, but it means you can do it still. So, some sort of exercise. Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, you know, it goes back to. What I was saying about, you know, we're challenged to think and evaluate well, how can we actually change ourselves? We certainly can't change the situation around us, um, but how can we change ourselves? And yeah, we, we need to sort of make changes and see what we can do. Um, but another important one is, uh, you know, children looking after their mental health. Children are asking questions and, it's important to, to tell them the, the truth. Like, don't sort of make up things. Um, at the same time, you know, just choosing carefully how much information you actually think they need to know.
0: I mean, for a lot um, of us, um, this is sort of the first time that we've been through something this serious, but we've been through bushfires, we've been through floods, we've been through that. So, as adults, we're sort of have some mechanisms to cope with it, but kids who this is for a lot of youth and a lot of kids this is the first time something this serious has happened in their lives and affected yep. the whole world I can imagine yep. that would be something that, that definitely needs to be explained to them in a rational way and especially not by watching the news.
1: Yeah definitely and and parents where possible or caregivers need to sort of take on um, the responsibility of you know, sharing the news but at the same time, making it understandable for them, um, not, uh, I would limit exposure to, you know, some people have just got the news or the TV running in the background all day, and that, that's really not helpful, not helpful at all, because children want to feel secure. And if that's the sort of imaging that they're seeing, um, they too will also get, get caught up in, you know, well what about me or well, what if something happens to me or, you know, a parent or a loved one, or well, what about my friends? I haven't seen them for so long. Um, and, and, again, thinking outside and trying to, you know, schools are, are doing a great job uh, at the moment, trying to sort of do their level best to to deal with, like you said, things, we've never dealt with anything like this before. And it is really difficult to know how do we, you know, actually get through this? And, and that's why I think it's so important just to reach out for help at the moment because we're we're trained in this area. You know, this is our profession. We 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 deal with crisis. We we manage through this. Whereas I feel like people are out there trying to learn all this themselves, and and they don't have to. They. They can actually reach out, especially now. The government's really relaxed so many uh, of its rules because they want people just to get as much help as they possibly can. Um, you know, you don't need to actually go into your doctor to get a, a mental health care plan or a referral to see a psychologist. You can have that um, over the phone, and you know that would never have been allowed before. Um, the changes that Medicare has brought in that they've never done this before. Um, so now it's, I guess, you know, easier than ever to actually get help uh, if if you're struggling in, in your situation. And um, if you can have some guidance about how to navigate through these difficult, uncertain times, you're, you're going to feel more confident. You're You're going to get through it. We're all going to get through it. But if we can get through it, and struggle less as we get through it, I think we'll will come out better
0: yeah I think the 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 message there is that there is now a lot of help out there that people can access where there were barriers to it before, so and I mean you know that that's the the this is my brave message is that um we want to ensure that people when they put their hand up um can go and get help and not worry. And not be yeah. uh, there's no obstacles to to putting their hand up and getting help now. So and so yeah. maybe it's a great time to take advantage of the <laughs> of the less obstacles that are out there.
1: A hundred percent. And you know now is a time where I guess you know stigma would be uh, lower than normal, which I think is fantastic because everyone is out there and everyone's almost in the same boat and everyone's struggling. So you know you're not the odd one out who says oh look I'm actually not coping here. And that is, um, if that's what it takes to encourage people to, to get out there, put their hand up and say, yeah, look, I think I do need to speak with someone. Um, definitely, you know, go out there, get a mental health care plan. They're valid for 12 months. You know, so 12 months is a long time from now. And it's not to say that when you start seeing someone, you have to go to them 10 or 15 times or anything like that. It might only just be two or three sessions. And at at this stage, it may be over uh, a video conference call. Um, And that may be all that you need at this stage just to get you through this difficult time that we're in.
0: And again, the message is that um, while we're all looking after our physical health with COVID-19, just as important to look after our mental health at the same time so I really want people out there not to ignore it either it's easy to ignore because there's other things to focus on but I think it's really important at the same time that we all come out the other side of this as healthy physically and mentally as we were before we went in
1: yeah and I feel really really passionate about that I'm, I'm genuinely concerned i'm very very concerned for the mental health of australians out there today because if they're struggling now then you know how are we going to be six weeks from now exactly. if they don't have the tools to cope today then how are they going to get through those next six weeks two months there's so many question marks up in the air right now um I feel that it's really imperative for people just to uh, put their hand up and say, yeah, you know what, I think it'd be helpful just to talk to someone. Um, And because more and more people are doing it, I've been uh, really snowed under uh, for the last two weeks. I've I've extended my working hours. I'm I'm trying to be there as much as I possibly can for everyone, I'm trying to be flexible. At the same time, you know, I'm I'm trying to manage my own family.
0: That was um, going to be my next question. So what's happening in your household at the moment apart from your psychology um business? Uh
1: well, we so I've got three young children. Um two primary school and one high school. And um, at the moment, yes, they are at home and uh, in the mornings they are logging on and seeing their teachers and doing their work and, you know, surprisingly so far, they're they're going pretty well and once I set them up uh, and I know, you know, all the computer stuff is set to go, then i can come into a closed room close the doors lock the doors there's a big sign on the door saying do not come in and that means really busy right now um and that's working so far uh so i hope that that continues because i need to have a a, a private space obviously i i cannot have interruptions while i'm uh videoing a, a client so so far i've put all the measures in place that i need to to make that work um I've extended the hours just so I can be available, but at the same time, you know, I need to practice what I preach, I need to look after my own mental health, and one thing I found really good is that, you know, in the, um, in the good weather that we've had, minus today, uh, we've been getting out every day, um, every day around, you know, uh, six o'clock or so, we head out on the bikes, and we go for a walk, and we just... We, we are present, and I find that really, really helpful for the kids, not only just from a physical point of view, but from a mental point of view. I need to be able to just, yeah, I guess, you know, shut down mentally and not think about everything that's going on or clients and all of that um, and just sort of recharge and, and allow my, my mind just to have a bit of a break. And And when we come back we we are we're feeling better we are definitely more fresh we are more um, what's the word um, just just calmer and, and and more settled
0: well on behalf of everybody out there who relies on their mental health professionals to to um, deal with their mental health I'd just like to thank all the mental health professionals out there for doing the job that they're doing at the moment, which I can imagine is only going to get harder and busier. So um, thanks for talking to us today, Zeb. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Tim. And thanks for all the work you do.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, bye. This podcast was presented and produced by Red Flag Canberra and this is my Brave Australia